We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. I'm your host, Cody Felger. Joined with me, my friend, and also Stampy Blue Rider, Mr. Andrew Thomason. Andrew, the Colts play a football game tomorrow. Crazy to say that after a very long offseason, but the Indianapolis Colts host the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. kickoff there. And the Colts have had a couple joint practices with the Carolina Panthers on Thursday and Friday. Now, yesterday they had day number 14, so officially two weeks of practice. And I thought that we could do – we did kind of a, an episode on the first week of practice. thought we could do another one on some standouts from week number two and just overall in Colts training camp so far. So, Andrew, let's start with the first guy here, the main running back, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, um, he's the main running back, and he has been – uh, running like that number one job is his uh, because it is and he has been nothing short of exceptional and honestly Cody and I haven't had a chance to make it to camp or anything like that yet but from the things that I've seen from the people I've talked to you know whether it be fellow writers at Stampede Blue uh, um, team reporters uh, yourself what I've noticed is that even with you know the second and third string team out there um, you know, in terms of offensive linemen, because we know that the Colts have had some injuries at that front. Jonathan Taylor has has still been running very, very, very well. Um, I know there was a video that was out yesterday that um, after a, a scuffle had broken out, if you will, uh, Jonathan Taylor ended up being at the bottom of the pile. And uh, to put it nicely, he didn't appreciate it. Uh, so he returned the favor by uh, kindly running over one of the Carolina Panthers uh, linebackers. Um, he's big, he's physical, um, he can catch the ball to the backfield. I mean, we know all these things, right? And to me, he reminds me a lot of Saquon Barkley um, uh, of the New York Giants. I mean, similar build, similar skill set. He's just an all-around monster, um, a really, really, really strong player for the Colts, and I think he's going to have a big year this year. Mm -hmm. I would say if you're making me choose, there's three guys on this Colts roster I'd not want to see in a dark alley. It would be Quentin Nelson. DeForest Buckner, and Jonathan Taylor. I mean, this man is an absolute monster of a running back. I mean, he's crazy. He's you know two, nearly 230 pounds as a running back, 
And he could run nearly as fast as Naheem Hines, who was the fastest back in the 2018 draft. So he's got that combination of raw power, raw speed, and just ability overall. I mean, there's not a lot of running backs built like Jonathan Taylor and can do the things that Jonathan Taylor can for this Colts offense. And it's kind of funny, like you mentioned, like Jonathan Taylor, when he's mad, he'll just run over linebackers. It's not a really a big deal to him. He's just that kind of back that you that the Colts have been looking for, really that that bell cow kind of running back that you you feed him the ball 20, 30 times, he's good with that. I don't think the Colts will necessarily do that with all the mouths they have to feed at running back. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think he's overshadowed by you know some of these other running backs. We just kind of expect that on Jonathan Taylor, but he's definitely living up to that billing right now from what we saw the second half of last year. So I'm encouraged to see how he continues to, to build off of his really stellar rookie campaign. I'm really excited to see how he continues to grow here in year number two. But let's stay with this offense, Andrew. Let's talk about a guy who was a rookie this year, but has really been showing out in camp. That's tight end Kylan Granson. What have you seen from him? I think he's going to be a star for this offense, Cody. I think he brings that element that the Colts offense has been missing for the better part of the last two years, really since the departure of Eric Ebron. This is a guy that, as you know, we had a chance to sit down and talk to just a few short months ago, uh, a guy that had a lot of really, really interesting things to say about his position and what he could potentially bring. And, and the one thing that really stood out to me, and it's a quote that still sticks in my head to this day, is match me up on a linebacker or safety either way you're losing so he brings that sort of confidence um, to the Colts tight end room that isn't necessarily lacked but I think is is uh, something to certainly watch you know especially as a rookie um, you know sometimes rookies come in and they keep their heads down a little bit and they kind of just do their thing and what have you and other rookies come in and they show up and they show out and that's exactly what Granson has done. And, you know, he's going to bring that vertical threat that the Colts haven't had at that position for, for some time. I mean, sure, Moelle Cox can do it a little bit. Jack Doyle, as he kind of gets older, hasn't really done so much of that. But Granson is really that type of tight end, you know, 6'4", 210 pounds plus, big body, you know, can just go up and get the ball. Um, and, and we know how much of a fact, <clears throat> pardon me, a factor Eric Ebron was in the Colts system. Um, and Kylan Granson, I think, is going to have a similar impact, without question. Yeah, it's very interesting with these tight ends, even with these running backs. The Colts have done a great job, and Ballard and company have done a great job of finding different tight ends with different strengths, right? Like, especially with the tight ends. Jack Doyle's just that all-around guy that can do about everything. Nothing spectacular, but he always does stuff well, right? Mo Ali Cox, more of that big body, physical freak type of guy, that red zone threat that hopefully the Colts use this year. And then you're right, Kylan Granson is definitely that vertical threat tight end, a little bit of a shorter tight end at 6'2", but he's definitely more of that receiving type of tight end that the Colts have been missing. I mean, they tried to fill the void with Trey Burton last year. That didn't really work out as well as maybe some had hoped. Eric Ebron, you mentioned, had a really strong year in 2018, but I mean, it was pretty obvious, Andrew, when the Colts were going to pass the ball because Eric Ebron was never really asked to do a bunch of the run blocking department. And Kylan Granton can do a little bit more of that, which I think will help him and help this Colts offense really stay more unpredictable as it goes along. But certainly, I think he provides a definitely a mismatch option for this Colts offense, for Carson Wentz, for Jacob Eason, whoever is the quarterback in there. 
We know how much Frank Reich and company like to use their different players with their different skill sets to use matchup nightmares against some of the defenders. So I'm really excited to see how Kylan Granton really excels this Colts offense to the next level. If he's doing as well as he's done in training camp, which has been absolutely spectacular. You mentioned rookies. Let's stay with another rookie who has really had a strong camp. And coming into camp, we were like, is he going to make the roster? Is he not going to make the roster? I think he's made a strong case, Andrew, for not just making the roster, but being wide receiver number five. And that's Michael Strawn. I mean, physical freak type of guy in that seventh round. Ballard seems like he does that about every year, but it's kind of hit and miss with some of these guys, right? Some of these guys are pretty raw coming from D2, D3 type of schools. But so far, Michael Strawn has been absolutely spectacular. It doesn't matter who his corner is. It doesn't matter if it's a second string corner or if it's Xavier Rhodes or even J.C. Horn. We've seen him kind of put the moves on him the last couple weeks or the last couple days. So talk to me about Michael Strawn and kind of what he could potentially provide for this Colts offense. Well, I, first of all, would like to say that I agree with you totally about him making the roster. I think he's a lock. I really do at this point. You have two weeks of just strong, consistent playmaking uh, in Strawn, and and it's just – it's one of those things where I think Chris Ballard has found another diamond in the rough, if you will, another gem, another player that maybe isn't highly known. Like you said, he comes from a D2 program, later round pick. I think early on, a lot of people sort of viewed him as just sort of a of a camp body, if you will, somebody that was, you know, like you said, on the bubble of whether or not you know making the roster. And, and he's proved everybody wrong. Um, I mean, I don't know if he listens to to those sorts of things, but he's shown up and he showed out, like you said. He's just been a physical freak. He's gone up and, and done everything that I think the coaches uh, would have expected him to. Like you said, he put the moves on J.C. Horn just yesterday, which, uh, you know, is their Panthers' first round pick. A really, really strong corner uh, coming out of college. And I think it's one of those things where he just kind of came out of nowhere, right? He you know, a play here, a play there. And then as time progressed, he just became more and more dominant. Uh, I mean, I can't remember scrolling through Twitter uh, and not seeing one of the beat reporters that was there mentioning something about Strawn making a play. I mean, he is just everywhere. And honestly, I think that's going to be ginormous to this Colts offense because we saw Michael Pittman, you know, go down in the earlier part of last year with that foot injury. Uh, he obviously came back and, and played really, really well, especially in that second half of the season. And, and then he really showed out against the Buffalo Bills. And I certainly think he's got star written all over him as well. But to have two type of guys – you know, in Pittman and Strong that can, you know, line up on opposite ends of the field and create not only mismatch nightmares, Cody, but they're faster than people think. Uh, you know, Strong is another guy that we spoke to along with Granson not too long ago, and he said that he uses his speed, uh, you know, obviously to his advantage and that he's faster than what people think. So Strong is certainly not only, in my opinion, like I said, a lock for this Colts final 53-man roster, but I think he's got star written all over him. I put a piece out on stampedeblue.com for those of you that are listening. If you haven't checked it out, be sure to do so. He has just been nothing short of exceptional. Good for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it kind of goes back. I mean, obviously, they're completely different players. They play, play differently. They're different positions. But we talked about Jonathan Taylor, the size and the speed and the combination of everything. I mean, it's there for Michael Strawn. He's a little bit less refined than a Jonathan Taylor, obviously, but 
Yeah, I mean, I think all signs are pointing to him. And and again, you don't want to look too, too far into training camp because, you know, it has to translate. And so if he's continuing to do this every single preseason week, okay, maybe then we we were like, okay, we may have a stud here. So I always want to be very cautious on that. But I think you're right. He certainly made a case, a very strong case, for this final 53-man roster. I mean, I think a lot of people, like you mentioned, were kind of expecting maybe a Desmond Patman type of year last year, if you remember, kind of in and out of, of the roster, practice squad guy mainly. But I think Strawn's just continued to absolutely dominate. Even guys like Desmond Patman, he's looked a lot better than at this point. He's made more plays than those guys. And I think certainly he's a lock. I think he could potentially, and this is something crazy that maybe down the road, he could potentially be pushing for that wide receiver number four next year, you know, depending on what happens with TY, obviously. But yeah, I'm really excited for Michael Strawn. Let's stay with the wide receivers, though. Talk about another guy who is extremely talented, but unfortunately for him, he struggled with. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Injuries the last couple of years. That's Paris Campbell. And Andrew, not a whole lot of people are talking about Paris Campbell's camp, but he's quietly had a very strong camp, had a nice day yesterday against Carolina, and he's continued to just be absolutely incredible. And we know how talented he is. What have you seen and what have you heard about Paris Campbell? Well, I think, first of all, like you said, he's kind of had – bad luck with those injuries, you know, back-to-back years. He's missed a good chunk of games or an entire season because of an injury. He's now completely healthy, and he's not really able to showcase why the Colts took him so high in the second round. And I think that that Campbell's certainly got um, star potential to him, right? We've seen that. We saw that in the week one matchup against Jacksonville, you know, five catches for what was it, 74 yards or something like that. Crossing routes, screens, end-arounds, jet sweeps, you know, Anything that the Colts can scheme up to get him involved, they're going to. I mean, we saw the similar plays, you know, from Campbell while at Ohio State, and I think he's more than just a slot receiver. Now, is it that where he's primarily going to play? More than likely, right? But at the end of the day, I think, you know, especially you know, like kind of what you said, given what T.Y. Hilton does, I think if he steps up for the Colts this season and T.Y. Hilton is truly in his last year as a member of this Colts team – Campbell could certainly take over that number one wide receiver spot, um, at least to Hilton's position, you know, where he would play. Maybe not the number one receiver, but where Hilton would play uh, primarily, you know, on the outside is more of what I'm thinking there. But, yeah, Campbell's had a a very strong camp. And like you said, we'll have to see it. It has to translate. 
You know, we need to see more of that in the preseason. We're obviously going to have to see that as the season progresses. But the potential has always been there. Uh, and I think Colts fans are hoping that he can stay healthy this season for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last year was just kind of a freak thing with that injury in week number two. I mean, there's nothing that Paris Campbell could have done. Nothing he could have prepared for physically. That That's just kind of a freak thing that happens. So seems like he's gotten his body right to the place where he could be, you know, fairly healthy throughout the season, which is good. And if he can avoid another freak injury, yeah, I certainly think the stock is up on Paris Campbell. So excited to see how he builds off of this strong training camp. It looks like he's going to try to get some action here in week number one. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. But let's shift over now to the defensive side. Now, you know, there's a lot of talent on this defensive line. We knew that. That was never in question. And when the Colts went and they drafted two defensive linemen in the first two rounds, we were like, oh, no, what does this mean for guys like Kamoko Ture, guys like Ben Banigou? And both these guys, Andrew, have stuck out so far. Let's start with Banigou because he's the guy that we had the most questions about, and he has been absolutely dominant in camp from everything that we've heard. Dominant is the right word, Cody. And you know what? It reminds me of Tyquan Lewis's situation for the Colts last year, a guy that has potential, a second-round pick in both cases, right, but hasn't really produced to the level that the Colts have been expecting. And so Banigou, I, I think, kind of faced, a, or is facing even, a, a make-or-break season, a make-or-break camp, because the Colts continue to draft defensive ends. They drafted Quiddy Pay. They drafted Dio Dango. They've got Ture. They've got Banigou. They've got uh, uh, Lewis. You know, they've got uh, Alquadim Muhammad even, who who played more of a um, you know rotational role, but was was fairly solid for them last year. So it's not a guarantee that he even makes the roster. And so I think in the back of his mind, he had to have known that going into camp. And you know, he was really, really, really strong. I think in the first week without pads, and everybody was like, okay, well let's see it with pads. And then they put pads on. And they were like, oh okay. There's the you know the flashes that the Colts saw at TCU that made them you know go and get him in the second round. There's what they're hoping to see more of in the preseason in the regular season too. So I mean Banigou, I think the Colts are are really expecting him to take that leap, similar to what Tyquan Lewis did this last year. Nothing spectacular, you know. I don't think they're expecting like ten and a half sacks or anything crazy like that. But if he can get to that four or five sack range, you know, especially even coming off the bench, I don't think he's going to start. Um, similar to what Tyquan Lewis did for the team last year, then I think he's in good shape, and I think the Colts have a really good defensive end unit for sure. Yeah, I, I mean, it's crazy kind of the parallels between him and Tyquan Lewis. There's obviously there's things that have, that are different about these situations, but it's kind of wild, like the whole situation of, you know, healthy scratch because of practice, right? That was a thing for both these guys. And then they kind of come in in year number three, and it's make or break type of year. And it seems like they both responded very positively. Now, there are some people who were kind of turned off by Ben Banigou's uh, press conference, you know, during uh, the Colts minicamp OTAs and stuff like that. But I really wasn't because I was like, just let this man do what he's going to do. You know, I don't care what he says to the media as much as I care if he produces on the field. Now, still very early. Obviously, we haven't even played one week of preseason yet. But if he continues to show out, I certainly think he's on the right track to have a similar type of year to Tyquan Lewis doesn't have to necessarily start, doesn't necessarily have to be absolutely incredible. But I think progress with Ben Banigou is something that you're very encouraged about so far. And then we talked about uh, Kamoko Turi a little bit. 
really for him, it's never been a practice issue. It's just been a health issue, similar to Paris Campbell. He's got all the talent in the world. He's shown that he can get to the quarterback and be one of the better pass rushers in the league when healthy. That problem is he's just been struggling after that injury he suffered in Kansas City in 2019. He's finally 100% back, and he has looked like that 2019 Kamoko Ture again. Oh, without question. And like you said, he's really struggled since that injury in Kansas City uh, in 2019. He came back last year. I think the Colts, who really struggled, especially on the edge uh, last season, I think they were expecting him to come and provide that spark, right? That that kind of guy that can come in, maybe on more so than just third downs, and provide you know that extra you know oomph, if you will, uh, for the defensive end because the interior with Buckner and Stewart wasn't. I mean, it was one of the best interior uh, units I think in the entire NFL. Um, and so when he didn't come in and he didn't perform as well to Ray, that is uh, as expected, I think uh, fans were maybe a little disappointed. I think the Colts were slightly disappointed because they, you know, they know the talent is there, right? Like you mentioned, we saw it in 2019. We saw it in that week one matchup against the chargers. We saw it in that week uh, three matchup or week four uh, against the Kansas city chiefs on the biggest stage in the NFL, uh, the Sunday night football stage, um, I guess some would maybe argue the biggest stage is the Super Bowl, but you get where I'm going. One of the yeah, biggest stages sure. in the NFL. Um, and, and, you know, he had that freak ankle injury. And it's, it's you know, like you said, similar to Paris Campbell. Nothing you could really do, you know, physically, mentally to really prepare yourself or something like that. Hasn't really been all the way back. And he's now 100% healthy. And I think, similar to you, he's going to have a breakout year this year. I think 2019 was his breakout year, and it got cut short because of that injury. And now I think he bounces back. And I think, honestly, Cody, if he and Banigou come in on those third-down situations you know, and provide that extra rush you know, consistently that the Colts were really have been missing the last two or three years, they've got a lot of potential. This defensive line has a ton of potential, and it's just – it's a matter of can they do it? You know, we have to see it in game. It's one thing to do it in practice and to do it in pads. And yes, that's impressive, but you have to be able to do it in game in the, you know, the most clutch of moments, if you will, where the Colts are going to need you, you know, a strip sack wins the game kind of thing, or a sack wins the game or a sack puts the, the opposing offense in a bad situation. That's where these guys like Banigou and Terrain need to show up. And I think they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the, the big word is consistency with these guys. We've shown flashes. How many times have we said these guys have potential? These guys have shown flashes. But it's time to put you know games on games, right? Stack games together of consistency. And if they can, yeah, I think you're right. This defensive line can go from pretty good in 2019 or in 2020 to really, really good. And this defense could go from pretty good to really good. And that's not even mentioning quitty pay who has been really good in camp as well, but he's injured right now. Hopefully he'll get back maybe next week or something. Seems like the Colts are being pretty precautionary with him along with some of these other guys on this team. So looking forward to this defensive line, and if they can put consistency together, they could be really, really special. All right, let's move on now, staying with the defense, to the linebackers. Let's talk about the guy who's probably had one of the better camps out of any of these defenders. That's Bobby Okariki. Bobby Okariki has been absolutely fantastic as the Mike linebacker so far in camp, he's constantly around the ball, constantly making plays. And that's certainly encouraging to see because Bobby Okariki had a pretty good season last year, but I think based off of his rookie season, Andrew, we kind of expected maybe a little bit more playmaking from Bobby Okariki. Seems like so far he's been really, really good in camp. 
Oh, he has. I mean, he was, I think, the first defensive player that many beat reporters and other uh, media members have sort of shouted out, the guy that they noticed right away that caught their attention. Okariki, you know, third-round pick from Stanford, as we well know, like you said, had a pretty strong rookie campaign, uh, played fairly well for the team last year, had a couple of nice uh, plays, uh, the interception against the Cleveland Browns that put the Colts back into the game is one of the plays that comes to mind for me. But didn't really kind of step up. Uh, I shouldn't say step up, pardon me. Didn't really uh, take that next step, if you will, um, like, like I think the Colts expected him to last season. And so he's been exceptional at camp. And he's, like you said, he's just been a ball hawk. He's been around the ball. What is it, two pick sixes in the first couple of practices? I mean, that's ridiculous. And that was before Carson Wentz went down with an injury. That was on, you know, one was with Carson Wentz and, and the other was with Jacob Eason, I believe. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I believe that's how that's how it played out. And But even still, I mean, he's just been, you know, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, I apologize. I think both pick sixes were against Jacob Eason, so my apologies there. Uh, either way, I, I mean, Here's the thing. One of my biggest, I don't say pet peeves necessarily, but this, you know, while they were playing against the second string offense, while they were playing against the third string offense, okay, these are NFL players. These guys are on the field for a reason. They are in the position that they are for a reason. And so if Bobby Okariki is out there making plays, he's going to, I mean, it does shouldn't matter, in my opinion, whether against whether it's against the first, second, or third string players. I mean, does it make a little bit of a difference? Sure. Is it like the end-all, be-all no, and El Kariki, you know, as we kind of have seen, as as you have highlighted, as you've mentioned, he was, you know, kind of, I don't want to say average, but like I said, didn't really take that next step that the Colts really thought he, he could last season. And so now that he's kind of switched over into the Mike linebacker role uh, with the departure of Anthony Walker, and speaking of the Cleveland Browns, he's now their starting middle linebacker. Um, I think he's going to shine. I think he has a chance to just – breakout uh, he's one of the his wingspan is ridiculous for a linebacker he's got that sideline to sideline play he's got those those skills that we've seen you know like you mentioned put on in camp and now he has to you know put it out on the field he has to stack games as you said he has to be and play uh, consistently and I think he and Darius Leonard can make one of the stronger linebacking pairs in, in the league I really do mm-hmm well, sticking with the linebackers, one of the biggest question marks this offseason, actually two of them actually with the linebackers, has been number one, who's going to be your Sam linebacker this year? Number two, who are going to be your backups to Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki, right? Because you lose an Anthony Walker, that's a valuable loss for sure. Um, and a guy that's really stepped it up so far, I know he had an injury, but hopefully he'll be back next week. Seems like it was kind of minor. EJ Speed has been really, really good. And, you know, we knew – the talent wasn't in question. He had the size. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Guys, the speed, no pun intended. He had everything you're looking for in a linebacker. He was just very raw coming out of Tarleton State in 2019. We saw glimpses of him, Andrew, in the preseason, his rookie season, and it seems like he's just been all over the field along with Okariki, and he's got everything you're looking for in a linebacker. Oh, he does. I mean, he's got those physical characteristics, like you said, that you expect in a linebacker. Big, strong, fast. Uh, you know, I think he tackles pretty well. Um, and I want to say I was scrolling through Twitter prior to hopping on here, and there is a report uh, via Indie Star Insider Joel Erickson that EJ Speed has suffered a, a hyperextended knee, but he's not expected to miss much time. So I just wanted to throw that on there for those of you that may not know. Uh, that is the official report. And like you said, Cody, hopefully he gets back soon because I think he does have a legitimate chance to take over as the starting Sam role for the Colts. Um, I too have some questions about, you know, who your backups are going to be because going from Anthony Walker to Bobby Okariki, you know, in terms of starting to, to second string player last year is a pretty strong, you know, switch, if you will. Uh, but, you know, going from EJ Speed to, you know, maybe more of a special teams guy, as we've seen in like a Zaire Franklin isn't really as strong of a, of a switch, if you will. And that's not to say Franklin can't play necessarily, uh, but you certainly want your best players out there, if healthy, of course. But with EJ Speed, while we haven't seen, you know, a ton from him, I the potential's there, right? But like you said earlier, you know, he's flashed, he's got potential, there's this, there's all these, you know, factors, if you will. But he's got to show up. He's got to prove it. He's got to want that spot. And it's wide open. I mean, I think it's it's more open than it has been in the last few years. Like you said, Anthony Walker was there last year, last couple years. Darius Leonard was obviously the starting will. And then Bobby Okariki, I think, was a lock after his rookie season to start that Sam linebacker uh, position. And so I think now that he's switched over to Mike, that gives EJ Speed and these other Colts linebackers that maybe haven't had much of an opportunity and opportunity to take over that starting Sam role. And how valuable it'll be to have a guy that, you know, because we've seen in the past when Darius Leonard's gotten banged up or Okariki's gotten banged up. Like the Colts have really had no answers in terms of backup linebackers who can do the type of things that Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki can do. Now, EJ Speed, he can do those things, right? He can, he's physically probably even more gifted than these guys, which is crazy to say because both Leonard and Okariki are physically freaks in terms of linebackers, but. He is absolutely insane in his physical ability as well. So it'd be so valuable to have a guy that you feel pretty comfortable can play pretty well at both that weak side linebacker and the Mike linebacker if something happens. And we know things always will. Somebody's always going to be banged up somewhere. So it'd just be nice to know you have a little bit more comfort in knowing EJ Speed can really hold down the forward until these guys return. Oh, without question, you know, those insurance policies, if you will, uh, you know, they're, they're certainly, um, we, we've seen, you know, 49ers last year, the Colts at the beginning of training camp this year, injuries happen in the NFL. They're going to happen. It's inevitable. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Uh, and when you have a starter that goes down, whether it's for a few weeks or a few months, you have to be able to have a strong backup plan. You have to have a strong insurance policy put in place. And I think the Colts, 
you know, depth-wise, certainly have that, especially defensively and certainly with their linebackers. I mean, as we know, that's the one of the strongest positions that Chris Ballard has drafted since his tenure here started in 2017. And I think, you know, maybe it's one of those things where they haven't had a chance to really show what they're capable of, but now given an opportunity, we may see a little bit more from, from those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the last offender that we could talk about, Andrew, is Kenny Moore. I mean, Kenny Moore has been absolutely incredible. Like always, Kenny Moore is one of the best players on your defense, but especially this these last couple of days against Carolina, Kenny Moore has lined up against DJ Moore, and I believe, I'm trying to remember the other one, but both the Carolina's primary receivers, he's allowed zero catches when lined up against those guys. I mean, Kenny Moore, we knew how good he was already. Seems like he's even stronger maybe here in training camp, and obviously, hopefully that translates, but Kenny Moore has been absolutely astonishingly, astonishingly good in training camp so far. Oh, without question. And Robbie Anderson is the other number one or number two receiver of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, both can play, by the way. Don't, you know, don't um, – DJ Moore, I don't think gets enough love um, as, as a receiver in the NFL. Um, I think people last year have kind of caught on to how really, really, really good he is. Um, but for the first couple of seasons he was in the league, I don't think he got as much attention because uh, Carolina wasn't very good. And then Robbie Anderson, former New York Jet. Uh, he can flat out fly, 6'3", uh, big target, but he can run. He's faster than what people think. And so these Carolina receivers are really, 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 really good, um, especially Moore and Anderson. And for Kenny Moore to come in and to not allow a single catch against either one of those guys, I mean, these are Pro Bowl-level talents, Cody. And that's not to say, you know, Kenny Moore isn't because we know he is a Pro Bowler. He has played at an all-pro level. He has been, I think, and to many people and to many fans, one of, if not the best slot corner in the entire NFL. Uh, and he has – what a find, right? I mean, we've kind of gone over it a little bit, but what a find by Chris Ballard, a, a guy that, you know, was claimed off waivers several uh, several seasons ago, a guy that nobody really knew too much about, uh, comes in, you know, puts his head down, works his tail off, earns that starting slot corner spot, and has – not even come close to giving up since then. And as good as he is in the slot, I think he can, he can play outside a little bit too. Now, obviously, given his height, he's only 5'8", you wouldn't really want him matched up against, you know, a, a bigger wide receiver, right, and a Robbie Anderson, you know, 6'3", or so. But, I mean, Kenny Moore, that's just enough said, right? He has just been exceptional. I mean, it, and he's picked up right where he left off last year, and it's it's – the Colts are lucky to have him on their team, I would say, first off. And secondly, you know, for, for all the troubles that the Colts have had in their secondary the last couple of years, it's nice to have a guy in Kenny Moore that you know is going to be a consistent playmaker for you. It has been, you're right. It has been incredible to see the rise of Kenny Moore. I mean, I remember the first game I watched, I think it was the first game Kenny Moore was starting back in 2017. Very meaningless game in the grand scheme of things. Colts Den Colts versus Broncos Thursday night football. Like I was able to go down with a friend because like tickets were dirt cheap. Kenny Moore was fantastic in that game. And I was like, maybe we got something in this guy, but it's it's I never, I mean, nobody expected Kenny Moore to do what he's done. Nobody. And that's just a credit to Kenny Moore and the craft that he's put in, the work that he's put in to being one of the best slot corners of football and arguably one of the best corners in football as well. I mean, Kenny Moore just does everything so, so well. 
makes up for the lack of height with long arms and just the work ethic that he has. And yeah, you're right. The Colts are lucky to have him at corner. Seems like he's continuing to get better if that's even possible, which is great to see. Let's move on now to the special teams. Now, this is a competition that a lot of people haven't really thought about or haven't really talked about, but the competition between Rodrigo Blankenship, Hot Rod, and also Eddie Pinheiro, I mean, both these guys have been exceptional in camp. Yesterday, they were perfect. They were kicking from 30, 40, 50. They were absolutely spectacular. And this has been a trend throughout the entire training camp. What are your thoughts on both these kickers? Well, I, I think you're right. I think it has been something that people haven't been paying too much attention to, at least not within the first couple practices, just because it's kind of like, ah, eh, special teams, kickers, punters. Is it like your favorite thing to watch? Probably not, right? That sort of thing. But they've shown up, and they've played well. And I honestly think – I think Blankenship is is the number one starter, I think, for the Colts. I think that's the right – I think that would be the right move for them. And that's not to say that Eddie Pinheiro can't play or that he doesn't have a chance to maybe make the roster. But teams don't typically keep, uh, you know, two kickers on the roster, I wouldn't think. Um, it's very – it's a very uncommon uh, theme, if you will, for most NFL teams. Uh, but Blankenship, back to him, hot rod. Wreck the specs, right? I mean, that's just the kind of the 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 mantra of Rodrigo Blankenship, a rookie out of Georgia that came in and really played fairly well for the Colts last year. And given the problems that they had with the kicking position in 2019, uh, he came in and, and I think solved a lot of those. Uh, now, bringing in Eddie Pinheiro, I think, preaches what the Colts have really harped on the last several years, competition. You have to earn that position. It's not going to be handed to you, right? You have to go out every day and earn it. Well, they both have earned it because they both haven't missed a kick, right? They both have been 100% perfect um, as far as, you know, kicking goes. One thing I will say is I think I just like the kind of mantra that that Blankenship brings, the kind of like, I don't want to say, what's the word I'm looking for? He's just... I think he's a leader, Cody. I think he's a leader in that locker room. I think he's a guy that after last year, a lot of people have a lot of respect for, a lot of teammates, a lot of coaches within that locker room have a lot of respect for. He is just a really, really, really cool story. Um, A guy, obviously, like I said, went undrafted, um, was really, really, really good for Georgia. Um, A lot of people know him down there, um, know him well. Um, and he, and he's come in and he's, he's played fairly well for the Colts. And I think, like I said, in my mind, he's the number one starting kicker going into week one. Hmm. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. If he continues this up, I think it's been really good for Blankenship to have some competition because we know in the past, the Colts have done things like when Adam Vinatieri was here, they brought in kickers. It's kind of ticked him off a little bit, but it's pushed him to be even a better player. And hopefully a similar thing is happening there. I don't know if, what Blankenship's feeling like, but hopefully it's given him the motivation to get even better this year because as good as he was, he had some struggles. He missed a couple of kicks he should have made. But, yeah, I think you're right. It's great to see him continuing to improve. If he can improve on his long ball accuracy, I mean, he was fantastic last year, I felt like, but he can be even better this year, and that's certainly going to be great to see if he can continue to build off of a pretty strong rookie campaign. But that'll do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate everything that you do for us. And let us know, guys. Do you agree with our list? Do you think there's other guys maybe that we left out? I know there was potentially a couple other guys. Andrew, we were talking like, oh, we could have put this player or that player. But I think we picked 10 strong candidates, 10 strong positions of guys that we're looking for. Let us know what you think in the comments below. 
Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on. Really appreciate your time, man. And thank you guys for tuning in. As always, guys, go Colts. Yeah.